studying the article, The Essence of the Wisdom of Kabbalah, and it's uh, from Balasulam. We're continuing with the heading, the corporeal terms and the physical names in the books of Kabbalah. The corporeal terms and the physical names in books of Kabbalah. Any reasonable person will understand that when dealing with spiritual matters, much less with godliness, we have no words or letters with which to contemplate. This is because our whole vocabulary is but combinations of the letters of our senses and imagination. And how can they assist where there are neither imagination nor senses? Even if we take the subtlest word that can be used in such matters, meaning the word upper light, or even simple light, it is still imaginary and borrowed from the sunlight or a candlelight or a light of contentment one feels upon resolving some doubt. How can we use them in spiritual matters and godly ways? They offer the examiner nothing more than falsehood and deceit. It is particularly so where one needs to find some rationale in these words to help one in the negotiations customary in the research of the wisdom. Here, the sages must use rigorously accurate definitions for the eyes of the readers. Should the sage fail with but a single unsuccessful word, he will confuse and mislead the readers. They will not understand at all what he says before and after it and everything connected to the, that world, as it is known to anyone who examines books of wisdom. Thus, one should wonder, how is it possible for Kabbalists to use false words to explain the interconnection in this wisdom? Also, it is known that there is no definition of false name, for the lie has no legs and no stance. Indeed, here you must first know the law of root and branch by which the worlds relate to one another. Okay, that's just as an, as an introduction. Next heading, 
the law of root and branch by which the worlds are related. Kabbalists have found that the form of the four worlds named Atzilut, Briah, Yetzirah, and Asiyah, beginning with the first highest world called Atzilut, down to this corporeal tangible world called Asiyah, is exactly the same in every item and event. This means that everything that eventuates and occurs in the first world is found unchanged in the next world, below it too. It is likewise in all the worlds that follow it down to this tangible world. There is no difference between them, but only a difference of degree perceived in the substance of the elements of reality in each and every world. The substance of the elements of reality in the first, uppermost world is finer than in all the ones below it. And the substance of the elements of the reality in the second world is thicker than in the first world, but finer than all that is of a lower degree. This continues similarly down to this world before us, whose substance of the elements of its reality is coarser and darker than in all the worlds preceding it. However, the shapes and elements of reality and all their occurrences come unchanged and equal in every world, both in quantity and quality. They compared it to the conduct of a seal and its imprint. All the shapes in the seal are perfectly transferred in every detail and intricacy to its imprinted object. So it is with the worlds. Each lower world is an imprint of the world above it. Hence, all the forms in the highest and higher world are meticulously, meticulously copied in both quantity and quality to the lower world. Thus, there is not an element of reality or an occurrence of reality in a lower world that you will not find its likeness in the world above it, as identical as two drops in a pond. And they're called root and branch. That means that the item in the lower world is deemed a branch of its pattern found in the higher world, 
which is the root of the lower element, as this is where that item in the lower world has been imprinted and made to be. That was the intention of our sages when they said, you have not a blade of grass below that has not a fortune and a guard above that strike it and tell it, grow. It follows that the root, called fortune, compels it to grow and assume its attribute in quantity and quality as with the seal and its imprint. This is the law of root and branch that applies to every detail and occurrence in reality. In every single word in relation to the world above it. The language of the Kabbalists is the language of branches. This means that the branches indicate their roots, being their molds that necessarily exist in the upper world. This is because there is nothing in the reality of the lower world that does not stem from its superior world. As with the seal and the imprint, the root in the upper world compels its branch in the lower one to reveal its entire form and attribute. As our sages said, that the fortune in the world above related to the grass in the world below strikes that grass and forces it to complete its growth. Because of this, each and every branch in this world well defines its mold situated in the higher world. Thus, Kabbalists have found a set of annotated vocabulary sufficient to create an excellent spoken language. It enables them to converse with one another of the dealer of the dealings in the superior I'm sorry of the dealings in the spiritual roots in the upper worlds by merely mentioning the lower tangible branch in this world, which is well defined to our corporeal senses. Listeners understand the upper root to which this corporeal branch points because it is related to it, being its imprint. Thus, 
all the beings of the tangible creation and all their instances have become to them like well-defined words and names indicating the higher spiritual roots. Although there cannot be a verbal expression in their spiritual place as it is above any imagination, they have earned the right to be expressed by utterance through their branches arranged before our senses here in the tangible world. This is the nature of the spoken language among Kabbalists, by which they convey their spiritual attainments from person to person and from generation to generation, by word of mouth and in writing. They fully understand one another with all the required accuracy needed for negotiating in a research of wisdom with precise definitions one cannot fail in. This is so because each branch has its own natural, unique definition. And this absolute definition indicates its root in the higher world. Bear in mind that this language of branches of the wisdom of Kabbalah is better suited to explain the terms of the wisdom than all our ordinary languages. It is known from the theory of nominalism that the languages have been disrupted by the masses, meaning that due to excessive use of the words, they are being emptied of their accurate content, resulting in great difficulties to convey precise deductions from one to another by word of mouth or in writing. This is not the case that with the Kabbalah's language of branches. It is derived from the names of the creations and their occurrences set before our eyes and defined by the unchanged laws of nature. The reader and the listeners will never be misled into a misunderstanding of the words being offered to them since the natural Definitions are absolute and cannot be breached. Is it clear till here? It's like a language. It's an easy language in general. Next. Conveyance from a wise Kabbalist to an understanding receiver. Thus wrote Nachmanides in his introduction to this to his commentary on the Torah, and Rav Chaim Vital wrote 
Similarly, in the essay Psyot, the readers should know that they will not understand a single word of all that is written in these essays, unless when they are conveyed from a wise Kabbalist to the ears of a wise receiver who understands with his own mind. Also, in the words of our sages, one does not study the Markava on one's own unless he is wise and understands with his own mind. Their words are thoroughly understood when they say that one must receive from a wise Kabbalist. But why the necessity for the disciple to first be wise and understanding with his own mind. Moreover, if he is not so, then he must not be taught be the most righteous person in the world. Additionally, if one is already wise and understands with his own mind, what need has he to learn from others? From the aforesaid, their words are understood with utter simplicity. We have seen that all the words and utterances our lips pronounce cannot help us clarify even a single word from the spiritual. Godly matters above the imaginary time and space. Instead, there's a special language for these matters, the language of the branches, according to their relation to their upper roots. However, this language, though very suitable for its task of delving into the studies of the wisdom, more than other languages, is only so if the listener is wise in his own right meaning that he knows and understands the ways the way the branches relate to their roots it is so because these relations are not at all clear when looking from the lower to the upper in other words it is impossible to make any deduction or semblance concerning the upper roots by observing lower branches. Quite the contrary. The lower is studied from the higher. Thus, one must first attain the upper roots the way they are in spirituality, above any imagination and with pure attainment. As was explained in the essay, the essence of the wisdom of Kabbalah, item four, the actuality in the wisdom of Kabbalah, and once he has thoroughly attained the upper roots with his own mind, he may examine the tangible branches in this world and know how each branch relates to its root in the upper world in all its orders in quantity and quality. 
When one knows and thoroughly comprehends all this, he has a common language with his teacher, namely the language of the branches. Using it, the Kabbalist sage may convey all the studies and the wisdom conducted in the upper spiritual worlds both what he had received from his teachers and the expansion in the wisdom he had discovered by himself. For it is because, this is because now they have a common language and they understand each other. However, when a disciple is not wise and comprehends that language on his own, meaning how the branches indicate their roots, naturally, the teacher cannot convey even a single word of this spiritual wisdom. Much less negotiate with him in the scrutiny of the wisdom since they have no common language they can use they become as mute thus it is necessary that the deeds of the Merkava which are the wisdom of Kabbalah will not be taught unless he is wise and understands with his own mind we must ask further, how then has the disciple grown so which so wise as to know the relations of branch and root through tracing the upper roots? The answer is that here, in man's efforts are in vain, is the Creator's help that we need. He fills those whom He favors with wisdom, understanding, and knowledge to acquire sublime attainments. Here, it is impossible to be assisted by any flesh and blood. Indeed, once he has grown fond of a person and has endowed him with the sublime attainment, one is then ready to come and receive the vastness of the wisdom of Kabbalah from a wise Kabbalist. For only now do they have a common language. We'll end here today and say a few words. I will say what our broadcast schedule is for today, Wednesday. At noon, the afternoon lesson, at 5.30 p.m. we're reading the study of Tensfilot. At 7.30 p.m. we are reading the Zohar. But now we're feeling near The cloud of
horizon things are getting clear Juntos ya pasamos las tensos y caídas Y de estos estados aprendimos a alcanzar Рождает путь, нас вера озаряет, и назад не повернуть. <говорит> 